you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, check out the new episode of the Dave Damashek Football Program. Chris Wessling and Matt Franciscovich weighing in on who's in better shape for 2016, the Broncos or the Panthers. Plus, should we root for the L.A. Rams? Check it out, NFL.com slash podcasts. The Around the NFL Podcast is actually married. But have you met my friend Wes? <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by room Feldman Heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. What is happening? Mm. I feel like you forgot a name there. Oh, I didn't forget him. What do you <laughs> Some people. Where's they're, my intro? They're, they're all, it's in his contract. that I would come on the podcast right. if you gave me my own introduction. He is the co-host of the flagship program of NFL Network Total Access, a handsome devil, a fellow DH, Young Kennedy, Dan Helly. <laughs> you know how Hansus introduced himself to my wife at a concert at the, where was it, the Roxy? Uh, the Wilter, Wilter? I don't know. Somewhere. Anyway, a couple of months ago, how you doing? I'm the real DH. <laughs> <laughs> no lie, true story. Yeah, we hit it off. You're yeah, right. you did. Um, you enjoyed your presence. And you'll never meet my wife. Well, wh- no. Why? Well, it's too dangerous. Dan is like a charming <laughs> dude. Dan Hell is one of those guys that knows everybody, and he, like you hear stories like Dan knows this guy. Dan was out, you know, on Catalina Island. Dan's friends <laughs> with so and so. Someone gets in a, a in a pickle. Dan picks up the phone and gets a person out of a pickle. Oh wow! There's one particular story that we won't go yeah. into. I'm on Catalina Island with a bunch of dads <laughs> and their kids. Father son <laughs> trip. Oh, dabs. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah, right now the Commissioner Awards are, are going on. As we do the podcast, we have an internal feed. Anthony Anderson, the actor, hosting it. Uh, not an easy gig. He's doing his best. And the, and the funny thing is... <laughs> it's, an, it's an internal award yes. for everyone that's listening that doesn't know, which is everyone. We, we were not nominated. Uh, Again. We were, and there was an attempt to nominate us, but we did not gain a nomination. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say... Where did it get held up? Yeah, well, what was the attempt exactly? Did my email not go through? Well, no, you can be you can not be nominated in in you know 
said we requested to be nominated. There's a process, you know. Then they only choose three people to be official nominees. But yes, if you if you haven't noticed, Helly, Dan Hansis is more concerned um, with other men's looks than any man I've really ever known. Like if he's having I'm a concern, par- if he's having <laughs> a party at his house, he does not want too many good-looking guys there. That's why he's friends with us. Well, he's a handsome gentleman. Wait a second. First of all, that was completely I, unfounded, you, Greg. Yeah, uh, completely unfounded. By the way, these guys are angry right now. Yeah, I, I tried to. I'm angry about here. not getting nominated for the commissioner's awards. I don't care about. I'm that. upset yeah, about the looks true. jab. Yeah, that wasn't that was unfair, <laughs> Greg, and not nice. Uh, but the funny thing about the the commissions here for the commissioner's award. And if you notice around the office, all of a sudden things are a little more spiffy. People walking around in suit jackets. Little all of a more sudden. spiffy. Uh, you know, suddenly you to, there was a new coffee machine this week. New coffee First machine. Time in five years. You go to the salad bar in the huddle just now. There's those little shrimp <laughs> are available, and there's horchata for free. <laughs> Bathrooms have been redone. How about you know? You know, I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm gonna stop. Anyway, so Dan Helley's with us. First time ever. We're so excited to have Dan here. And because he's a busy man and our, our good friend of the show, Lindsey Rhodes, not in this week. So, Dan, is basically there's more work for you to do anchoring the, the flagship program, correct? Yeah, but you can say the second part of that story that I'm filling in for Lindsey Rhodes on your podcast. No, that's not true. That's no, absolutely exactly. true. She's gone for the first time for a full week in two years, and for the first time in two years, I'm on the podcast. Thanks for having me on, fellas. <laughs> definitely Lindsay not Rhodes a, is fill-in. Not a fill-in. This was overdue, though. I'll definitely say that. And uh, so, But Dan has a lot to get to, so you can't have him on the whole show. That's how important he is. Uh, but we're going to have Dan sit in on the news. I can't wait. I'm going to enjoy every single second of this. Yes. And uh, before we get to the news, let's explain what's going on. Once again, the Around the NFL podcast, sponsored by no one. Mm. Feared by you don't have two. a sponsor? Nope. No, Damashek no. has like 14 sponsors That's on right. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone who, everyone who wants to sponsor us, the people upstairs just filter them right to Damashek. <laughs> the shadowy league figures have not. That's how we didn't get nominated for the commissioner's awards. We're going to get fired. <laughs> Look at the show. commission. Anthony Anderson just having a good old time. I'm sorry to be talking about something your podcast listeners cannot see. See, Dan's been on TV too long. He doesn't know the yeah. audience here. It's an audio, it audio medium. I get it. Um, all right. <laughs> anyway, so, yes, the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, today's episode, uh, the last one uh, before uh, the NFL goes dark for six weeks, uh, we will have a segment, Unsolved Mysteries. As we reach the NFL dark period, and uh, we'll get into that. Just things that we don't know anything about, and we, which is a lot in the NFL right now, but things that are true mysteries. <laughs> well, I think you can do just as well as anything Robert Stack at this time in his life would produce hosting that segment, so good for you. What The late Robert Stack you're referring to? Oh, he's dead. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, good for him. I mean, not good you know, he had a, he did a lot. I loved him. Great guy. Mark, shut it down. Oh, he's right, he so, so much more off color than I anticipated. <laughs> Mark, come back to us. I didn't know that. Uh, we're also it's a heat wave coming to L.A. Summer's coming up at the end of the show. We wish Dan could hang around for this, but we're going to talk about our favorite songs of the summer all time. Uh, but before that, we check behind the glass. He's Irish. What's up? You, uh, I think you forgot to give your uh, pre-show grade having another uh, DH in the room. You want to give it right now? My pre-show grade. Thank you, Brandon. You got it. Very excited with uh, Dan here. First time ever on the show, so it's a special show. B minus. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Well, he's giving a pre-show grade D. to the show itself. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Before it starts. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's 
And so he gives the show a B minus in on my first. That's not a good show. It's not a good yeah. sign. It's not as bad as when I left it's a quality show. When I left for a show and when I came back, the pre-show grade went down. So that was bad. <laughs> Everybody always looks into it too much. It just gives aspire to be great. Don't don't afraid to be great. B minus. The famous. Don't line. afraid to be great. Yes. All right. Let's do some news. Todd, Todd, you guys okay? Oh, somebody's got to be in there. That's, of course, Will Forte from MacGruber. Uh, Will Forte, actually, a little back and forth on Twitter yesterday, now follows the old Zeuser. That was a big moment. MacGruber, uh, for those who haven't seen big it. Big moment for all of us. One of the most underrated comedies of the last 20 years. If you ever want to see Greg Rosenthal lose it and giggle like a little schoolgirl for five minutes straight, just quote MacGruber. That's it? It's, it's all one of the underrated uh, comedies. <laughs> Have you ever seen it, Dan? Yeah. I'm not a great movie guy because I watch it once and then I'm done with it. Sean O'Hara <laughs> comes in town and he's reciting movie lines and Oh, he's movie line guy? That oh, could be great. It's nonstop. Oh, yeah. It's nonstop cuz cuz it'll be a kind of an obscure movie and I said 2% of our audience will know what you're talking at. He said, but he says, that 2% will love me. I like, like this cuz like referencing that's the fair. Uber. That's fair. You know, 3 minutes into the show Helly is taking down a coworker. This is the spirit that we're looking for in guests <laughs> yeah. coming back on. Very true. Let's start the news. Ron Rivera. Not own Ron Rivera. 17-2 and two last year. He's been the coach of the year in the NFL twice in the last three years. Is that accurate? That's correct. Wow. So he got a, a new deal. They ripped up his previous contract, the Carolina Panthers. He now has a three-year, $19.5 million deal, rap sheet reported, under contract through 2018. That is a good deal, Chris Wessling, but Ron Rivera, a little bit of a bargain there, isn't he? Maybe Dave Gettleman, the spell under which he has agents that he crowed about uh, on Wednesday, extends to agents for managers as well, or coaches as well, because Rivera, how is he getting paid less than Sean Payton? That's a fair point. Well, Sean Payton, I think, right now is getting paid not only more than just about anyone in the league other than Bill Belichick, but through 2027 or some nonsense, uh, that contract that he got. I don't think people are going to be happy with if they don't play well this year. But I agree. I don't know who's negotiating, whether it's Jerry Richardson, Dave Gettleman, whoever it is, but it's a bargain that he's kind of at the bottom of the top ten of the coaches around the league. You know, I think it's like any other industry, though. When you come in low, yeah, it's harder to get those – Big point. incremental increases. So I think Tell Ron me Rivera about came in a little <laughs> bit, uh, <laughs> a little bit lower than some other head coaches did. And by the way, Sean Payton has won a Super Bowl. I know he hasn't yep. done much in the last couple of years, but Sean Payton has won a Super Bowl, and I believe he's making about nine million per. Rivera is one of the top ten highest paid coaches in the NFL now at, at six and a half million a year. Yeah, we often don't know what coaches make. It's not always out there, but I think it's a great example for a lot of these teams if a coach doesn't succeed in two seasons clean the whole place up start over again and that's where he was three years ago we had articles where he was going to get fired the whole thing was a gigantic tire fire but instead lock it down keep him around and see what happens with the Panthers I think more teams should have more patience with their coaches and their general managers Sean Payton can go party with Kenny Chesney while Ron Rivera kicks his butt up and down the football field every year. Right. <laughs> At this point, Rivera is a much more consistent coach. I mean, you know what you're going to get with the Ron Rivera team. It's not just the stars. They can take anyone in their secondary and make it into a great secondary. I, I, I gained a lot of respect for him when we covered, covered them at the Super Bowl. Just He has that team under his thumb, I guess. His spell. Under his spell as well as any coach does. It, all, it also helps he came into the league the same year. 
Cam Newton was drafted number one overall. Doesn't hurt. I'm not taking anything away from the guy. <laughs> but what he does, does deserve a lot of credit for, too, is famously the Riverboat Ron. He changed his philosophy a little bit, and that led to a more aggressive uh, team that led helped lead to more wins. He's been well, great. He's had the same coordinators for a while. Yep. Um, I, I'm going to be curious to see what happens when he has to kind of restock. Uh, his coaching staff, they've, they've all been there together mm-hmm. almost the entire time that mm-hmm. he's been there. And the fact that he did come in with Cam and he was able to grow up with Cam as a coach while Cam grew up as a player, I think is huge. I'm very anxious to see what they do this year yeah. because yeah. all indications are that they're going to be better. I don't know that they're going to go 15-1 and one again, but anything short of winning a Super Bowl is going to be a disappointing year mm. for the Carolina Panthers. Let's move on to the other Super Bowl team, the Denver Broncos and Von Miller. They have until July 15th to hammer out a long-term deal. Von Miller, the under the franchise tag right now, rejected a deal uh, of almost $115 million in total money. Last week, uh, posted an Instagram message uh, with a caption, I love my teammates, coaches, and my fans, but there is, quote, no chance I play the 2016 season under the franchise tag. He also showed up randomly on a Chelsea Handler and uh, made, I don't know if they were similar comments, but he wasn't sounding like a guy who's like, I'm absolutely going to be playing next year. Uh, Von Miller. Well, on Chelsea's show, he actually said, there's no way I'm going to sit out. Okay, that's year. what I thought, as yeah. I was saying. And I was like, yeah. so he's Within contradicting. Within a 24-hour span, he contradicted. Well, so he his, knows he's going to get a deal. His agent got to him and said, hey, let's fix this. I totally agree with that. I, I think that's exactly what happened. This Chelsea Handler story, which is for a Netflix show, they probably did not. I don't, who knows when they even taped that. Huge NFL audience. Might have been months ago. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that he might have taped that months ago. Who knows? Uh, but it came out It came out yesterday. I think it's going to be available today or in the next couple of days. And I, I agree with you, Dan, that they must have said you have to put a different message out there because not only did he put it on Instagram, but we saw from reporters that his PR flax were emailing Oof. reporters Oof. saying, hey, did you see what he posted on Instagram? Oh, no, we missed that. They cut- emailed me? Really? Yeah. Oh, they my- emailed me yesterday. Like what? Like uh, what exactly does it say? First of all, how, by how, the way, check out his Instagram post. <laughs> right, exactly. Like how bad? First of all, do they think the reporters are at the jump? Oh no, we missed that. The best defensive player in the league saying that he, there's no way he'll play. <laughs> you want me to on his this? official Instagram? We didn't think to check that. This is from oh, Wednesday. Oh, we'll we'll believe that out. PM. Hey Chris, wanted to give you a heads up that Von Miller appeared on Chelsea, Chelsea Handler's new Netflix talk show, and spoke to his current contract conundrum with the Broncos. Mm. All right, so and there's are, more to it, but yeah, this is maybe. the most ponderous off-season storyline. It's right up there with Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Jets. Get it done. <laughs> I liked it for a span of like a, a few hours. He was an actual human being until his agent got a hold of him. Right. It sounds like the PR rep pushed everyone to pay attention to this story, and then the agent was like, "What? This is not the message we're trying to send." The only person that matters here is John Elway. How long is he going to let? this carry on? How long is he going to string it out? I mean, this is a guy who let Osweiler walk for about $2 million a year. Mm. Uh, He let his best defensive lineman go. Uh, I I could see Elway letting this carry over into at least the beginning of training camp. And if you're Vaughn Miller and you're scheduled to make $14 million this year on a franchise tag, are you really willing to sit out? So you don't think they intend to lock him down now before he becomes more expensive or more valuable after another big season. The only mistake that John Elway has made thus far as the general manager of the Broncos is not locking Vaughn up earlier because I think they could have got him uh, 
for forty million guaranteed. Now it's going to take mm. sixty plus mm-hmm. guaranteed. So I think, the I longer think, you're right, the longer you, you wait, the more it's going to cost you. But I think we've reached that tipping point now. I think they get a deal done July fourteenth or fifteenth before that deadline to sign franchise tech players. But it is interesting. John Elway probably is not a guy that likes to be backed into a corner or is going to be afraid to stare someone down. So it is a little different than That's some of these fair, situations. Dog. That's fair. <laughs> Let's move on now. Andy Dalton, big week for Andy, the glowing ginger man, uh, came in at number 35 on the top 100 players of 2016 list. The first time he cracked that list. Wow. Big celebration at the Dalton household, I'm sure. And now his new wide receiver, Brandon LaFell, a man who played two seasons with Tom Brady, uh, had this to say about Dalton. Watching them reel off eight straight wins last season, I knew he was pretty good. Uh, but I've been here since April working with that guy uh, and A.J. McCarron. He's way better than advertised. Question. Mark Sessler. Uh, they they lost some weapons Cincinnati, and there is a general feeling in the air, and Hugh Jackson gone, of course, that Andy Dalton comes back to earth. Are we perhaps underrating Dalton's ability to have a season that's just as good as last year? I think it's instinctual to underrate Andy Dalton because outside of last season – what we have to look at, it didn't really matter that Andy Dalton even two years ago had so much talent around him. He was still making these head-scratching mistakes and turning the ball over. What happened last year was a revelation. I, I, I want to believe he can do it again, but I think losing Hugh Jackson is a big loss, uh, losing talent around him. That said, their co- quarterback's coach from last year is their OC now. They had the kind of consistency inside that organization that the Panthers do in other teams. So what's your answer? I think I think he's going to be okay. He's going to come in somewhere between last year and the year before. He threw Which seven would put interceptions him right around the Dalton line again. I know that's between that. last year and the year before. So between his best year ever and his worst year ever. Fair enough. He is not going to throw just seven interceptions this year. Oh, down the middle, Sessler. Hell, he oh. calls him out. Life on oh. the fence. Is this how right. you guys do it on the podcast? <laughs> no. Oh no. Look, take a stance, he's, Sessler. He's not yes, going to be better. He will not be better than last year. I'm taking a stand against Greg Rosenthal, who continues to disrespect Andy Dalton and left him out of his top 100 list. That Andy Dalton, wait, 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 wait. and that's insane. I did. What? What did you rank Andy Dalton in my top? No, no, 100. no, no. Say the number in the 90s. 99. Scientist. <laughs> you pointed this out at me. If you're in, you're in. He's uh, in the club. Thank you. He's you could only club. put so many quarterbacks. I put 13 or 14. He would have been the next next one, but he was he wasn't in my top Look, 13 or 14. No quarterback had better surrounding talent last year from the offensive line to the backfield to the wide receivers to the tight end than Andy Dalton. But he was also an MVP candidate for half the season. And I think when you watch him on film, his arm is stronger now Mm. than it was when he entered the league. I think he's a better player. And Brandon LaFell makes some good points. He took some leadership. He took control of that team last year. You could see it with the game on the line, like the Seattle game earlier in the year. I think he has come a long way. Moving on. Um, the New York Jets and Muhammad Wilkerson, obviously in a, a contract impasse. Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't the only guy uh, that's dealing with the Jets and money right now. And Wilkerson gave Brian Costello, the New York Post, an exclusive uh, that came out on Thursday. His line to Costello, it's shocking. It's frustrating, referring to uh, being stuck on the franchise tag, because I feel like I've earned it and I deserve it. I would be di- it would be different if I was just a mediocre player. I feel like each and every week I'm dominating, and it's showing. The stats speak for themselves. Uh, basically, what more do I need to do? You know what I mean? I know what you mean, Mo. Uh, Dan Helley, I don't know if you know him. I'm a Jets fan. I did not know that. I am a Jets fan. 
and uh, you're the you only person not, in the You do room. not listen to this podcast uh, for sure. That's okay. That's, <laughs> I, I never miss TA, but that's cool. And, wow. <laughs> I DVR right. TA and watch it every year. I can, day, o- I can only listen to so many. Um, <laughs> welcome oh. to the show, Dan. Uh, <laughs> no, I get what this man is saying, and I have a, something that annoys me about the Jets. Uh, listen, the Ryan Fitzpatrick situation, I think they've played it smart. This has become ridiculous, but you didn't want to just give him a three-year, $40 million contract after one good season. Uh, but when they wouldn't pay Darrell Revis back in 2013, that annoyed me. And now they're not going to pay Mo Wilkerson in 2016. Only the two best homegrown players they've had mm. in 15 or 20 years. And both these guys look like they're heading out of town because the Jets won't open up the pocketbook or they didn't play their finances smart enough to be able to make a deal work. So I'm mad as a Jets fan because Mo Wilkerson's going to be playing somewhere else next year, bad-mouthing the Jets uh, at, at some summer camp next year, and the Jets will be left with a hole in their line when they should have had this guy in his prime for another three or four years. And it's not what you thought would happen with Mike McCagnin after he was so active and got Brandon Marshall for nothing last offseason and everything that the Glacier, Idzik, did not accomplish. McCagnin came right in and solved in one offseason. This has been a very weird offseason, a second year for McCagnin, and there's a lot of stuff still hanging around in the air on June 16th. I understand why you're unsettled. McCagnin, by the way, in salary cap hell right now. They, they came into free agency with less money than any other team in football. Mm. He's trying to figure out how to get Fitzpatrick done. He's trying to figure out how to get Mo done. I, we're going to have this conversation on, on yeah. total access. Which guy's more important? And in my mind, it's, it's not even close. When you're hosting, so who do you, so you obviously think Mo Wilkerson's yeah, more important? I do. I do. So when they're, when they're going back and forth on the show, sometimes aren't, don't you just want to say what you think? You know what I'm and saying? I do, and I do. You're the host. You're yeah. saying, no, I'm Greg, Greg admitting that he doesn't watch your show either. Yeah, so well, that's either. okay. I get you, it. You throw it in there. You'll <laughs> kind of subtle, but you can't just we're all, you know, we, stand we tape, on a table. We tape it the same time as the podcast. Not really. And we're only on 14 <laughs> times a night. Please. <laughs> Check it out one time. No. <laughs> Dan, don't There's, you think as a Jets fan, like they decided two years ago, if they're only paying one defensive lineman, it's going to be Sheldon Richardson. And that left Wilkerson without a home, really. Which is curious, isn't it? Because Wilkerson, in addition to being one of the top, what, three or four defensive linemen in the league. He, he was in our top uh, 100 this week along with uh, Mr. Dalton. And I believe in a rare case of us all agreeing, Wes and I also had him between 30 yeah. and 40 on our list. He's a Jersey guy. He's a guy that's never gotten in any trouble. And I love Sheldon Richardson, but he is a guy that's gotten into trouble. And you don't know if, he, if his head's on straight, really. Uh, so I would think Wilkerson's the safer play. For whatever reason, internally, it seems to be uh, in the other direction. And here's the other question I have about the Jets roster. You know, they gave Revis quarterback money. We know that. They overpaid to get him back. They were trying to fix old mistakes. So I can live with that, especially if Revis can be a top cornerback for another year or two. But how did they spend all their money? That's a who, great who question. I was is, wondering the same thing. Who are the other studs on this roster? Did they just kind of overspend for so many guys that it added up on them? Because I can't think of too many more. Marshall and Decker are, are a big ticket for a wide receiver group. You're paying Decker a good bit. Yeah, it's just that was but it's, it's fair. Everyone kills Idzik, and and McCagnin spent all of the money that Idzik saved. But doesn't the money normally, what it's go, worth? normally go to the quarterback? They haven't been paying a quarterback quarterback type money for right. how many right. years? They also this was it turns what is what was a dominating team strength. You also lost Damon Harrison. Right. So you went from a, to keep from a defensive line that absolutely could shut down the run and punish people to now you're deciding this is the one guy we want to keep. I mean, come on. Well, they have Leonard it, Williams, too. I understand I they have Leonard Williams, but this was they were the, they had the best line in the AFC last year. Maybe they're just planning to franchise him two years in a row and say deal with it. Which would not be pretty. 
And I hope that I just wish they found a way to make it work, but maybe they can't, and maybe that's why this is all taking so long. Of the of the franchise tag guys that are out there without a deal, he it just feels like he's the least likely to get a long term contract. I don't think people think he's going to get a deal that he's happy with. For They've the Jets. been shopping him for two years, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing, and that's a great point on Sheldon Richardson, by the way, because I think Mo Wilkerson's he was their best defensive lineman. And he's been there the longest, I, and he's and he has been in the past their best. I team. think they picture Richardson as a guy who's more versatile and has a higher ceiling. Mm. But you're right. Wilkerson has outplayed him. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, the New England Patriots uh, have an embarrassment of riches, uh, riches at tight end. Uh, and, of course, it's because Martellus Bennett is now in town teaming with Rob Gronkowski. Bennett told CS, CSN New England the following, I'm super excited about it because it takes a little pressure off me, too. I really don't mind being Robin, you know. Uh, so right now, it's just working every day and just trying to get better. He's an excellent player, and I'm going to be able to get a lot of single coverages with him. Dan Helly, uh, first of all, Robin is a reference to the comic book character, Batman and Robin. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> that, D.H. Yes. Uh, secondly, uh, is this going to be one of those killer combinations where they end up combining for 15 touchdowns and 2,300 total receiving yards? Do you see that type of ability with these two guys together? I do. For whatever reason, he fell out of favor in Chicago. I was really excited when I found out that he was going to be joining the Patriots because mm. we've seen what they've been able to do before with two really good tight ends, and I believe that he's still a very good tight end. And I, I love the fact that he's being uh, accepting of the Robin role. I've been a Robin my whole life. I, oh, please. I'm Robin on total access to Lindsey Rhodes. <laughs> when I worked in Washington, D.C., I was Robin to Lindsey Zarniak for five oh, years. Oh, wow. We oh, worked together, that. replaced the late, great George Michael. So, hey, being Robin – is an okay place you're to the, be. You're the Robin DH of this room I, right now? 100% I guess. I'm the Robin DH. Wait, did you ever fill in on the George Michael sports machine? I did not. Oh, I did oh, not. Once, you, were you ever on that set? One, oh, yeah. My favorite I set pressed in the, the world. button, man. Wasn't he what like, a button. Isn't he known as one of the nicest guys in the industry? Or wasn't he known as one of the nicest guys? If you were George's guy, you were George's guy. But you ever hang with Warner Wolf? I did not hang with Warner Wolf. <laughs> That's on my list. Uh, my to-do list. How about, I don't know, Kornheiser. Bill Butel. We're just going to Kornheiser. Kornheiser. from the East Coast now. Kornheiser used to call me the haircut on his radio show. <laughs> of course he did. And I met him the for the haircut. first time, and George Michael introduced us. And I said, I, I know Tony. He calls me the haircut on his radio show. <laughs> that was you? And he turned four shades of red and explained to me the only reason he did that was because he didn't have hair. I remember when he used to talk about the haircut. And the second best Kornheiser story I have, <laughs> second best Kornheiser story I have, is that we belong to the same country club still in Maryland. And Humble when I, brag. When I go back, <laughs> when I go back for the summer, I go there as often as I can. I was sitting in the locker room. He walked in, and proceeded to sit down and talk to me for ten minutes about everything and everybody he hates about NFL Network. Oh. <laughs> oh I'd love to hear that. that checks out. Let's hear he those goes, 10 minutes. And he's like, I'm supposed you're going to go and tell everybody what I said. I go, Tony, you will be more likely to say that in your radio show than I would <laughs> to tell anybody exactly <laughs> what you're saying. He's a very entertaining fella. You've got uh, a forum now if you'd like to share no, any not, of the bullet points from that conversation. I'm not going to share that. That's big time, though, uh, <laughs> that you're still a country club member, even though you live in L.A. That's when you know. No, that. that's not big time. The out-of-town fee is very small. Very small. <laughs> Um, Dan Helley is, as I said, the co-host of Total Access, Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern. It took you a second to remember that. Well, you guys move it around the move around the dial a little bit. It's 4 4 p.m. our time. Yeah, 4 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Blew it. Yeah. 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Make sure you check that out. I believe we should do this again. 
Now the I listeners would, will. Decide. I would love to. You'll have to run up by Lindsay to make sure that's okay that I come <laughs> on the show. And I, and I, I love that the complete lack of respect for. This DH, the Robin, is uniform oh. across the building. So that's good. That's good. Now I'm going to go do my show and have my producers talk down to me. Oh, that's not yeah. You're not the Robin. Ask anybody in this company who would be the Batman and Robin of DHs. It's Dan Helly as Batman, let's be honest here. But maybe in this little space, just this little space, the old Zeusers got him. <laughs> I like it, man. I enjoyed it, fellas. I wish I could stay the whole show. but Yeah, next time. Next yeah. time. Dan Helly, thank you, buddy. Thank you. All right, out goes Dan Helly, and the show carries on. Let's hit uh, Rookie Buzz. I, I forgot to get some type of drop here, but just imagine uh, an electric bolt. Sure. What? Yeah, unless it was Rookie Whispers. That's oh, a different I segment. remember that. Totally it's, different segment. It's been a few years. I mean, Buzz and Whispers. If it were a totally different segment, that well, would work, Greg. It'd be the, <laughs> the same segment, with, but with a different title. Different segment. You've wasted our time, Greg. <laughs> Uh, Rookie Buzz and Chris Wessling wrote a banger on the old .com site, uh, NFL.com slash news, to see all our written content about a New York Giants wide receiver named Victor Cruz. Just kidding. (laughs) Wes hates Victor Cruz, but one guy he likes, Sterling Shepard, second rounder. I actually quite enjoy Victor Cruz. It's the media's coverage of him that I don't like. But while he may never play again, we'll see. I mean, we'll report about it when it happens, but. Sterling Shepard, their second-round pick, everybody in their whole camp is raving about him, and it reminds me a little bit of Jeff Fisher's and Mike Heimerdinger. Was he the offensive coordinator? Mm-hmm. When Chris Johnson came into the league. Dinger. And they, and they were talk, You know, they were like, look, we're confident what we have, but we're not going to tell you exactly what we have and how we plan to use them. But we just – there's like a smirk on their face. We know what this guy has. Jeff and, Fisher with a smarmy smirk. You got Absolutely. <laughs> Whoa. Sessler is – Two and what is it right now? Eighty-two minutes away from vacation, and he is just—he's uh, firing loose. off shots. He's, he's loose. <laughs> Odell Beckham basically said, "I I know what this guy's capable of. I'm not going to tell you guys what he's capable of. I'm just going to sit back, and and you guys can watch him shock the world." Mm. Which is a pretty good quote. Maybe it's a little hyperbole, but uh, it sticks out that everyone from the coaches to the other players are raving about this guy. Well, how reassuring for the Giants because when Odell became Odell Beckham, the idea was, oh, we just get a healthy Victor Cruz, pair him with Beckham, and let Eli Manning just throw the ball downfield all day long. And then Cruz never comes through on that. They finally have someone who's young and healthy that they can turn to. I think it is a reason for interest. Great uh, spot for a receiver, too, to get a lot of targets there. I mean, it's just a team that's going to throw the ball plenty and a skill set, which is supposedly similar to Victor Cruz, which usually translates pretty well for rookies. So as rookie fantasy receivers go. Can't believe I'm saying this, but. Eli Manning, dark horse candidate. Actually, not even dark horse. Realistic candidate to lead the NFL in touchdown mm. passes. Mm. Maybe he'll get into Canton one day. It on, is, on the back of Odell Beckham, I'm sure. It no, is No credit to him, no. It is that time of year where, where rookies, and you know we hear a lot about you know, smaller rookies tend to do, or smaller receivers tend to do well, but I couldn't help noticing your first note in your rookie buzz, Tajay Sharp from UMass, has been lining up with the starters in Tennessee over Doriel Green Beckham, over Justin Hunter. This is a fifth-round receiver from a college that barely has ever produced an NFL player, UMass, and he is already ahead of those guys, at least for now, on the depth chart. He's definitely someone to watch at at the very least starting outside there. I think the draft Knicks all pegged him as a guy who was extremely productive, extremely polished, 
but just had a pedestrian combine and it isn't seen as exceptionally athletic. That's why he fell to the fifth round. I mean, with Tennessee's receivers, it's like there's a lot of talent and potential, but how many of them give you full seasons of production that you can count on? It's not happening. Well, they kept drafting the same type of guy, Kenny Britt to Justin Hunter to DGB, which are different levels of physicality and talent, but kind of you know big-time skills, maybe – little bit of a knucklehead factor for each of them. And now you have a new GM in place, and Sharp might kind of represent the types of receivers and players that they're going after mm. now. Uh, good rookie buzz, guys. One last thing. Rookie one one thing that stood out, stuck, stuck out to me was no, Greg. the Falcons have three guys who could start on their defense as rookies. Mm. Uh, Deion Jones, Keanu Neal, and Devondre Campbell could all start, and I think probably are favored to start – at middle linebacker, weak side linebacker, and safety. So that's a team to watch. That was that was actually going to be in my mysteries, but I'm going to come up with another one. I had a few options there. Could they really start three rookies? But it's interesting. People think that Falcons team was – Dan Quinn didn't do a great job there. But I, when I was looking at the stats, they were one of the worst defenses in the league, and he immediately improved their defense to average with pretty bad players. Like, he, they overachieved. So now they got their players in, maybe they'll – be exciting. We had to. That's the first time we've talked about the Falcons. I think this offseason. They're not. You're not allowed to talk about the Falcons. Well, we need a More former. Cruz, please. We need a former Seahawks defensive coordinator to go become a head coach and actually produce a good defense. So it's oh, time. well, it's. I think that's fair. I mean, what it who, is fair. That's Mark. fair. Oh, he did a good job in his first year. He did better. I think he's done better. I guess that year than Gus Bradley did any year. So. Oh, we like Dan Quinn. There's no question about that. Um, uh, Mark just letting the hot takes fly as he heads toward. That second vacation. And by the way, Mark, um, are we cool after uh, the beginning of the show on Wednesday? You know, we had a little back and forth about vacation time. I went and listened to that last night at home, uh, which is rare. I rarely would uh, re-listen to a show. More rare than Greg going on the subreddit? Well, that's (laughs) never happened. Why is this a a recurring thing? (laughs) Well, because it continues to be the case with you, Greg. But I, I, you know, I realize I'm leaving for a week and that becomes a time for everyone to be like, oh, you in theory, blah. It's like I got (laughs) just a little message to leave uh, for, you know, if it uh, fits you, accept it. Here we go. Okay. On ye- and I had to type this out because I don't want to. see that. I don't want to mince words. I see a lot now. of words. All right. On yesterday's show, my upcoming one-week vacation was the subject of criticism by various unnamed hobby horses attached to this production. <laughs> my vacation will go on as planned, despite this room's flood of odious hot takes. While away, it goes without saying that I definitely will not listen to a second of this show. But do not consider my absence your sweet spot to dispense your little perky jabs and nonsensical wind. You witcrackers will be monitored by a duo of unnamed in-office spies who are now on my payroll. These two anonymous worker bees will alert me in real time to any vapid bull unfolding here at NFL Media. Please keep yourselves in line and for once take the high road. Mm. Seacrest out. Actually, that would what Ely and Groover don't have anything better to do. It is not Ely and Groover. <laughs> I could not trust the first of those two to do anything. Brassy is definitely on your payroll. I didn't uh, announce yeah! anyone. <laughs> Look at his face. I did not announce away. anyone. Um, first of all, but we're good, Dan. Yes, the low road is where I live, so I ain't getting off the low road. And you're giving us like almost motivation here. You're daring us, basically. 
It's like you mentioned the Ewing theory. It's like when you, when Bill Simmons dared uh, ESPN to suspend him, and they were like, well, okay, you're suspended. <laughs> Fine, suspend me. Well, we don't want to suspend that's you. That's not what I'm saying. We're just going to be wick crackers. Well, I, I, we're going to get, this we're going to be hobby horses. This is a, this is the first project for these two spies, and we'll see where you know it's going to lead to larger work. There is no one in that newsroom that you could trust. Oh, you are wrong. Outside of this group, you well, are wrong. Here's what I know about everyone in the newsroom: they're not coming into Studio 66. So it doesn't matter what they're doing down there because this is our home. They up here. Y- you are wrong, also. So Brassy and who else? <laughs> it is not Brassy. And nobody no, knows who these people late. are anyway, so. Uh, there's no sense speculating on the That's show, fair. but uh, okay. All right, Mark. Well, you said what you had to say. I, I'm, I'm, at, I'm yours, at peace, and you took it. It was like a 14-hour filibuster. <laughs> uh, current events nailed it. Um, so now we talk about Yes, Robert Stack is dead. Long live Robert Stack in our memories. Died in 2013 in Beverly Hills. So he's been gone a while, the host of Unsolved Mysteries. We have some mysteries that are unsolved as we head to 2016. The dark period begins uh, on uh, this weekend. This weekend, essentially, a six-week uh, period where there is no action going on, no practices, no OTAs, no minicamps. Uh so, what do we take out of this? There are so many mysteries every year uh, how the season will play out. But what are some things that are just – it's flummoxing you right now. The things that you can't even wrap your head around, you can't figure out. In your mind, it can go in any direction right now because the offseason, free agency, draft, OTAs, minicamps gave you no clarity on the situation, whether it's a team or a player or whatever else. Uh, Mark, get us going. I – go to San Francisco and point to the entire Chip Kelly experience, especially on offense. We don't know what's going to happen at quarterback yet. There's a lot of stuff up in the air there. I think a lot of people wonder how Chip Kelly even got a second job after the way he was shuffled out of town in Philadelphia amid reports that he can't relate to today's players and is essentially not really socially equipped to be an NFL head coach. And so this is his chance Uh, to be a different guy to learn from the first experience. And he's attached to a quarterback in Colin Kaepernick that a lot of people have basically written off for dead like Robert Stack. (laughs) And so I would say that I'm very interested to see because you said something could go either way. Well, there's a reason people have written off Robert Stack. In that case, they're right. With Kaepernick, you know, we don't know. We don't know. I mean, it could go – it could be an absolute flaming trash pit – by December, and Kelly could be out of his entire NFL career, or it could be something where he's proven that he can turn his you know, offense that doesn't even need a quarterback into something, or he turns Colin Kaepernick around. There were reports for months that he had always wanted Kaepernick as his quarterback. Well, let's see if that's true. I think it's an interesting team because of the coach. That's a good one. That is an unsolved mystery. I would lean more towards I'm somewhat confident that that's going to be a bad team this year. So I don't have that many – like, it doesn't keep me up at night. I think the Niners will be a crummy team. <laughs> no, I think, I think they're interesting, though. I'm with, okay. I'm, with oh, you. I'm just sharing my opinion. Uh, I, I don't have – that. I don't see that as a huge mystery. But, Greg, you, you side with uh, Mark on this. Well, not necessarily are they going to win the Super Bowl or not, or even are they going to win eight or nine games, but just that I think they could be a really interesting, fascinating, you know, fascinating team to follow. The defense has plenty of talent, and they could be fun to watch eventually. Who? 
49ers. That's what I'm saying. What they could be here? the least fun team to watch the entire league. I like teams where you don't know anything, and they can surprise you. And that I feel like the 49ers are that. Who are the I, skill my, players you're excited about? Well, hold on, though. My hook with San Fran would be if they go 1-15, that is interesting because of what Chip okay. Kelly and how he's trained. I'm not saying that they're going to be good. I think that it just has it, – it's going to be a team that will be interesting to watch absolutely crumble or maybe overachieve. Either could happen. Okay. Uh, Wes, I, th- I think Mark should be assigned to every 49ers game this year. <laughs> yeah, you can figure out this. Not mystery. asking for that. <laughs> uh, Wes, you're up. I want to know because I saw this all over: uh, anonymous general managers, coaches, TV analysts, writers. The Texans are a Super Bowl contender. Are they? I don't know. That's a mystery to me. Mm. But if you look at a logical next step, they had one of the best defenses in the NFL. And the offense is a problem. They have one of the best wide receivers. You pick up Lamar Miller, whom Dan says oh. is entering the superstar club. MVP. So you've got DeAndre Hopkins superstar, Lamar Miller superstar. It's all on Brock Osweiler. So I, to me, he's the big mystery. Is he a Super Bowl contending quarterback? Or is he a guy who's going to take the Texans to the bottom of the AFC South? It's almost like he's on the Broncos again a little bit. Yeah. I, it is a mystery to me how much love that they get in general. I also have heard, you know, we've we've been excited about the AFC South in general. Uh, okay, the, this I was in a eight, you know, this meeting that has a lot of the executives here at the eight o'clock, uh, eight o'clock, and everyone's talking about the AFC South is back, and we've been talking about that too, and that's now become a big story. It's back when they have some good teams. Like yeah. they still, ha- they're not back yet. They're interesting now, but they're they're not back when their best team last year didn't score a point in the playoff in a playoff game against the Chiefs. <laughs> Who hadn't won a playoff game in 20 years. So they're not quite back yet. All right. Any other comments? <laughs> I think Greg summed it up. They are a mystery. When Lamar Miller, The love is a mystery. I by agree. The way, can I just say, if Lamar Miller is a top three fantasy pick next year, would I be vindicated? Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course. 100%. Okay. Get ready. My unsolved mystery. The Denver Broncos uh, begin their title defense on Thursday night. Not Thursday Night Football. That's a different business entity of the Shield. This is just a standalone kickoff game. Okay. Uh, against who? The Panthers? Is that right? No, against yes, uh, the yes. Super Bowl rematch. Yes, Super Bowl rematch against the Panthers. Honestly, who the hell is the quarterback going to be? Because I know the there is, if you had to place odds on it, it's probably Mark Sanchez, I think. Probably. And in Paxton Lynch, we've heard some you know talk coming out of mini camps that he's you know got a lot of work to do and – uh, but that also, a couple weeks before that, John Elway was saying how his hill to climb isn't as high as people expect. So, And you know John Elway has a lot invested in Paxton Lynch. He needs Paxton Lynch to come through and become a player to make his decision to let Brock go make sense. And then you have this Trevor Simeon guy uh, that's in the mix, a, a, a player who is looking Mark Sanchez eye-to-eye. They're um, just, phrasing? They're banging on each other. Um, phrasing? And so I don't know what to put if I should put stock in that. Part of me says no. That's just one of those June storylines. But it also could be like the Seattle Seahawks a few years back where it's like Matt Flynn was supposed to be the guy. And then the coach kept on talking up this other guy named Russell Wilson. And then all of a sudden he was the quarterback and away we go. Uh, that's a big mystery to me. Trevor Simeon, the next Russell Wilson. That's our headline from this podcast. Well, if you weren't really listening to me. Ah. But 
Uh, I'm saying what I'm saying is uh, Mark Sanchez is Mark Sanchez, uh, and Trevor Simeon's kind of like the unknown guy, and Lynch is the hotshot rookie that they might want to press into action earlier than you think. I think it could go anyway. Anyway, I think the key factor because Elway does not have a history of rolling rookies out in Week One. That Paxton Lynch's development over the next between now and in September could decide this. I think if you put Sanchez in, they have to be willing to make a change during the season because Sanchez is going to have that kind of game or string of games. Oh, where, I'm sure of that. Right. I'm sure at some point. But I'm just talking about who's coming out of training camp in the preseason as the week one starter. I think it's a legitimately a wide-open situation. Well, not to mention, is who's, is their left tackle going to be healthy? Is Aqib Tlaib going to be allowed to play? And is he going to be healthy enough to play? Is DeMarcus Ware going to be healthy enough to play? With Will Von back? Miller be on the team? Who is their tight end? There are more questions, I think, with, with them than – the usual defending champions, that's fair to say. A lot of unsolved mysteries, Greg. Well, I was trying to think of teams we haven't talked about in forever. I was going to go Falcons. We could go Ravens because they're missing their quarterback and their starting cornerback and their two best pass rushers, but I feel like we've kind of hammered that. How How about an it? I'm looking more interior here with the mystery. Why, as every offseason rolls along... Yes. Do I always start to like the Dolphins more and more uh. as the season goes on? Because it feels like the Dolphins are a team we've sort of forgotten about. No one's going to think they're any good this year. And when I squint hard, I can kind of make a case that they're pretty interesting. Their offensive line was the number one reason they were bad last year. Suddenly they have Brandon Albert, Tunsil, Pouncey, Juwan James. That could be good. Devontae Parker and Jarvis Landry. That could be a pretty exciting starting cornerback duo. I have... Uh, wide receiver duo. Adam Case uh, obviously could be a boost for that offense. And you look at the defense, we know the talent that's on their defensive line. To me, this is a, an interesting Here's team. a theory. Why? why do I always fall for that? Why? Uh, you are vulnerable to propaganda. That would be my theory. <laughs> but that's my point. There is no propaganda for the Dolphins out there. The mystery is why is no one with me well, on the down, Dolphins? No one's talking about the Dolphins. They don't have year. a running game as of right that's, now. That's absolutely Ryan true. Ryan Tannehill is is who he is. I mean, he is like uh, the number 18 to 24 quarterback. So he said about Dalton last year. I do not trust well, the quarterback. Yeah, perhaps eventually maybe he does make the leap. So you ha- that's really what you have to get in on. I think, by the way, and I hate the Dolphins. I'm a Jets fan. Uh, Laramie Tunsil, I think that's a home run pick. I th- I bet I have a Sessler he turns into a, a Pro Bowl type guy for them. But they still have the quarterback problem above all else to me. I think, Greg, because it, we've seen it happen in Miami recently enough where they had these buzzy off-seasons, and then they go produce a 5-11 and nightmare of a campaign. It's, it's, we got to see it with the Dolphins. So maybe gone my, on forever. My feeling is maybe this year where they're not getting the buzz and there's still some interesting players there, Jordan Cameron. I don't think Tannehill was quite as bad as, as we think last year. The offensive line was certainly a problem. Maybe Sue plays out of his mind. I mean, they got players. Tannehill is just who he is. Just kind of like there's nothing to get inspired about with him. Win a big game at some point in your career. Totally agree, but if if Adam Gase is the coach that a lot of people around the league believe that he is, then it's an upgrade over anything that Tannehill's been attached to. And I and I think that deserves a little bit of time because Gase has done it with other quarterbacks. That's a shot at offensive mastermind Dan Campbell, but might be. Sure. Where is Dan Campbell right now? Come at me, buddy. 
I want nothing to do with house. Dan Campbell. He could destroy me in in four or five seconds. I've never seen Sessler just so like. He's you know, uh, I don't like it. being called down the middle of the road. Uh, Sit on the oh, that's it. That's it. He no, because you know I try to be diplomatic when it comes to someone like Andy Dalton, but I am confused about Andy Dalton's future. That I'm willing to admit that I don't have every answer all the time. Dan Campbell, by the way, uh, is an assistant head coach and tight ends coach with the Nolans. Oh, Thanks. thank you. Oh, the old Bill Parcells treat. Good info. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good seg. Good talk. Now let's have a little fun. We can have fun here. It's our podcast. We do whatever we want. And uh, Mark, you know why? Why? We're beholden to no one. Not a goddamn person. You're right, Wes. Uh, Mark going on vacation after this, and uh, as you can tell by his demeanor today and his, his little missive. And uh, the dark period is upon us, and the summer is just about upon us. A heat wave rolling into L.A., as I said. About time. So let's talk about it. Uh, nothing better than, you know, listening to music during the summer, having good times, throwing a little corn, drinking some suds or Tito's. Uh, and enjoying yourself. So I figured a fun thing to talk about here with the summer upon us is favorite song of the summer of all time. Mm. And uh, Mark Sessler, why don't you get us going? I will. I did not know this was all time, but I don't really care because I don't do music that way. This is my song right now. Wes hates it. I know this. But... I love this song. Dan and I love this song, and I played it at multiple bar settings. Well, what and parties. is the song? It is uh, "I Can Be Somebody" by I believe it's Dioro. Okay. With uh, like eight other people rolled in as a as a layered mix. Give it a listen. Gets a little slow here, yeah. so we'll wait for the chorus. Well, but wrong time to go. It, most people that know it, including Mark and I, learned it from the Zac Efron DJ movie. Yeah, which we, wasn't we that bad, friend. by the way. All right, I want to go on record <laughs> in saying I watched the Zac Efron DJ movie, and I kind of enjoyed it. I kind of liked it. Kind of liked it, and I thought that this song was at the very end, and it kind of capped the whole thing. But if you go have a few pops, a few suds, beers, whatever you call it, and <laughs> you will play this song, watch the room move. People will people will react to it. Gets well, little, no get no one dances like Sessler, and so Sessler dancing <laughs> to this song is a vision. Well, it takes oh, the right song. This gets good. Wes, your thoughts on this? <laughs> Wes's Wes look. I wish this was on camera. I checked out of pop culture way before the Zac Efron era. Well, I don't know. This is a this isn't a mantra about Zac no. Efron. Zac Efron's not the yeah. recording artist. I mean, it's, it was just his movie. Look, it's it's not an easy uh, project we're doing here. I had a really hard <laughs> time going from five hundred to one. I, so I'm with you on this song, by the way, Wes. I mean, I like it, but it wouldn't. I, t- okay. I, and I it's not I for gen- everyone. I Go generally adore Mark's taste in music, though. But not in this case. You're just saying that's fine. I mean, I wouldn't have it in my top. Six, you know, kissing cousins don't have to be in lockstep on everything, for Christ's sake. Uh, <laughs> next up, Wes. Well, as I mentioned, it's a hard. It's hard project to come up with one song, but the the Eric Badu Jimmy Cliff version of No Woman No Cry from the Bob Marley tribute in 1999. I mean, this is a great. This is a great song. Yeah. It's a great song. It brings some summery feelings to it. This well, is a great love song. this song. Love it. Well, for any listeners at home, if you ever want to have a party on a Sunday afternoon in the middle of summer, three ingredients, you know, and you're done. Throw in a reggae just right off the top. You're going to need reggae. You're going to need some clear, 
Creedence Clearwater Revival, and you're gonna need a little Sublime. Ah, oh. those three those three items on your music list, and you're good to go. I thought you were afternoon. gonna go with something that you should, you know, extracurricular. Well, I leave that up, that up to everybody. Well, if you're listening taste. to Bob Marley and Sublime, I think I know where this is going. <laughs> but I'll just let me just say this: I do like this song. I probably like the Marley version better, but that's the first time I've ever heard this one. I feel like the reggae thing was kind of pushed down my throat when I was growing up, and I was just kind of like, all right, I get it, I get it, because I was not like a big like weed guy when I was a kid. Uh, so I have like maybe this adverse reaction to it, but I get everything you're saying. I mean, Huckapoos on a Sunday afternoon with this song playing in the background? Get it. We got to get Huckapoos. When are we going to get to Huckapoos? Well, the uh, Super Bowl in Atlanta is coming up in a couple of years. We're taking the four-hour drive going down to Huckapoos to record a podcast. You're right. You're absolutely right. Perfect. All right. Next one. You know, when I think about summer music, it's wistful to me. It makes me think about being young. And uh, this song right here, Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis, it makes me think of being 16 years old and falling in love with this band. And le- and really for the first the first band I really kind of like identified with and it almost like affected my personality, Oasis. They drove me like that. And this song... To me, it came out in the summer of 96, and it was all over the place. And I just love this song. Always reminds me of the summer month, the summertime. And it also has, to me, one of the great choruses of the 90s. I mean, just, and uh, Greg, I know you were a fan of the first two Oasis records. Uh, it has a type of timeless chorus. And that's the other thing about Oasis. Timeless music. It, uh, it, they're, they're indebted to the Beatles, obviously. Everyone steals. Oasis just stole from the best. Can we just turn this up? I want to hear the chorus. It's a perfect chorus. Nice bridge, too. It is a great drinking song. Yeah. I have memories drinking to it, too. Live Forever. That's a great drinking song. Great high school drinking song. Couldn't agree more because I think we're... For me, I don't buy albums right now. It's just not how I listen to music. But I will never forget making a massive effort to get this album as soon as I could and listening to it over and over and over in the, in the mid-90s. It, it completely captured me. And they boasted about themselves, but they delivered. And a lot of people now like to hate on Oasis, and they can take a dirt nap because this is a good band. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Mark. Uh, I believe their music holds up even today. Greg? Well, when I think uh, Song of the Summer, I think of songs that reach the populace, that gets the people moving. And you could not go anywhere in the year 2000 out in the summer with a lot of little bit big pimping. I know Wes is with me. Play it wherever. Come who's, on, Wes. You who's like not getting song. up when you're hearing this? I mean, people, this is going to get people shaking. The song that really put it Jay-Z on another level. Yes. He's on the boat in the video. And how about UGK, who really had two songs of the summer, International Players Anthem from 97 was another one I considered for this. This, this to me is summer. You think of this video, you think of the sunshine. This is everywhere. I'm with you on this one. Mark. Kissing Cousins. I'm interested in their take on this. Uh, well, no, I I will just Wes say that it's a, a face. It's a, no, I I was thinking more of Can I Get Up. Okay, this, I didn't like that one as much. This is a bit this of a blind a spot one. for me. It's not really the like I'm not not my favorite music at all. And like uh, <laughs> I I used to think that the Greg 
like liking this music was I didn't know if it was real or not, but I know that it is permanently real and real because <laughs> you actually you go to these concerts, you love this stuff, and good for you. I like lots of different types. <laughs> so no, I know you do, but I just I could care less Mark. about this, huh? So dismissive of hip hop. It's not dismissive. I will be the first you to didn't say that. Buy I that? Don't... I liked it. No, I do. I do now, though. I, I'm talking like two years ago when I didn't know if it was if it was real or not. But it it is real. You love it. Good, let's have a nice time. let's stick with hip hop, uh, Greg. I know. Oh wow! You had a a prediction <laughs> for the song of the summer in 2016. Now I have definitive knowledge of what the song of the okay. summer is going to be. Well, I don't know if so this was a pick what comes prediction as much as a wish. And I'm talking a little bit of Chance the Rapper all night. I feel like if you're out, it, I know Wes, you're dating. All sorts of women. You're out at the club. You're out at the bar. I don't go to clubs, Greg. All night, <laughs> it's coming on. I and, like this. And this album, this album is great top to bottom. This wouldn't even be my top song or even close on this album. But this is a song of the right, let's summer. Let's listen to this a little bit. <laughs> yeah, this is great. <laughs> I approve. I like. There this. we go. Oh, I can we got tell you that I was no, good. I will never step foot in a club the rest of my life, but I do approve of that song. This is far more danceable than the previous pick you put up. That's an Im- <coughs> that's an important part of uh, the that's summer saying. song, too. When you're talking about the wide mass, like when I brought up Oasis, that was like kind of a personal feeling about growing up. The one I'm picking for the song of the summer is I'm not even saying it's like you know my cup of tea, although I like danceable pop music. Uh, this song is going to be. Massive. Uh, believe me now, it is Justin Timberlake, and it is on the Trolls soundtrack, which is a bad start. But what he created here was the perfect summer pop anthem. It's uh, catchy as hell. It's got a great hook. You could dance to it. I don't see how this song is not the number one song of the summer. Listen to this. I mean, I'll tell you, this is... This is already one of the songs of the summer at the Rosenthal House dance party, which I have with my kids usually every day from 6.10 to 6.30. It's in the playlist. <laughs> they love it. I like it. close behind the glass. Wes with the thumbs down. Wes aging every second of the song. <laughs> Let it soak in, Wes. Here's the chorus, Wes. Let Get the chorus it. wash over you. You ready? <laughs> Oh, it's going to own the summer. I'm surprised, Wes, that you Horrendous. don't, that you don't like Written it. by a three-year-old. Oh. I got oh. sunshine in my pocket? Well, you know Give what? Give me a break. Pop well, that's not literally. Have to be, it doesn't have to be, you know, deep and soul-crushing. Sometimes there's just joy that comes out of music. Well, especially I, in a especially summer song. A summer song is not, you know, Bob Dylan necessarily. I have weighed in and chance the rapper way better than that. <laughs> mm. Uh, Listen to the whole album, by the way. It's fantastic. I, I really have to go. All right, Greg's got to go. By the way, Steal My Sunshine. By uh, Len, uh, well, that's Mark. where I would have gotten. We'd some, already gone down that road. Some connective tissue to that JT song, where a light, bouncy song that's not a deep song, as Wes is alluding to, but makes people happy. That's why I think that's a summer song. Steal My Sunshine would have been my pick, but we've already we went we discussed that once we for have. about In 15 fact, minutes. It's so. on the Around the NFL podcast soundtrack on Spotify, as are all of these songs as well, so make sure you check that out. And before we go, though, we do have, I mean, the Irishman behind the glass. We figured, eh, he's a millennial. Are we interested in what he believes is the greatest summer song of all time? Yes. Do we want to hear from the Irishman on this? Absolutely. Quest? I do. Again, I didn't know it was of all time, but this band, any song you play, I can, um, I can sing it and I can get down to it. All right, let's hear it. 
I'm not recognizing it so far. Oh, you'll get it. It's a slow build. Okay. This is just something from back in the day. Has it hooked you in yet? Dan, I can see you dancing. It hooked you. I'm moving. Yep. So I'm not familiar. Wes is on the fence. I don't know who it is. Is this Brooks and Dunn? Little Sugar Ray for you. Whoa, Sugar Ray. <laughs> wow. Now, all right, let's listen to this. Cause I don't know this one. Here's a get ready. Oh, we got a chorus. Okay. All right, I got it. A little on the nose. Um. I, now, there are good Sugar Way summer songs. One of the great summer songs of the 90s back in 97 was Fly. Yep. Uh, that that was a great was summer song. Is that your girlfriend's four-post bed? No, no, no. no I that's, just want to fly. That was a later song. Uh, Every Morning, I think that was called. That is correct. But that, that that summer song I had not heard. They were Their entire shtick, almost to the point where it felt overly commercial and it seemed a little a little bit cynical that they were just gunning for the song of the summer every year with their albums. There was a formula there. Well, yeah. you want to you want to hear a funny uh funny fact. Sully and I went to their Under the Sun tour last year. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> Wait, there there was not a big audience there. Uh, I was right? at the Hollywood Bowl. Um they no, played the Hollywood Bowl. It was them. They overestimated. Eve 6. Oh, I've heard about Eve these Six. Better yeah. than Ezra. Uncle Cracker. Oof. Which one of these doesn't fit? None of them. It was fantastic. They, what's the name of this one? It was uh, what the tour? Yeah, it was the Under the Sun tour. Yeah, there's also a Summerland tour. There's two different tours for kind of washed up '90s acts, and I think Everclear uh, runs the other one. I think Smash Mouth might be involved. Mm. So you went to what? I've always wondered what the scene was there. It seems like it might be kind of sad potentially. I had a great time. <laughs> in the year 2016, this character is still trying to go by the name of Uncle Cracker. I don't know what's going on with Uncle Cracker. I think he had some legal problems. Oh, I doubt that. <laughs> Just so you know, there may be another uh, concert that Sully and I go to early August, and uh, Sugar may be there. Keep us briefed. Thank you. <laughs> uh, there you go. Some songs of the summer, having a little fun. Uh, I feel like the, the Counting the Crows got uh, dismissed here a little Short bit. Short shrift. A little Mr. Jones. Crows? Uh, Didn't I come out really in the summer, though. Summer, I summer, think of that as like a December song. I think you're thinking maybe, of maybe long December. December. <laughs> uh, all right, that's it. Uh, we will be back next week. Mark's on vacation, as he's made uh, made us painfully aware of. Uh, but we will have, I think, two shows next week. Um, so make sure you check in next Tuesday. Good idea to when, lighten the load a little. When we're coming back at you. Until then, this is Dan Hansis signing off for... Quiet Storm, the mailman, the other DH, the boss, and I've sent you. An Irish behind the glass. Till Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.